As I mentioned, this week and next week will feature two re-airs from this past year. The show will be taking a break so that I can fully enjoy the holidays with my family and get the show ready for 2020. I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday with your loved ones, whatever it is that you're celebrating this time of year. Safe travels to everyone as you venture out to celebrate, attend shows, and such. I am beyond grateful for so much in my life, but especially for Umphreys McGee, the music that they make, the people I've met because of them, and the fact that I get to talk about their music on this show as my job. Thank you so much to everyone that listens and has supported the show in any way. You guys are so awesome, and I'm so grateful that you take the time to listen to me yak about Umphreys every week. I'm super excited to bring you guys new episodes in 2020, and there's a bunch of new exciting things on the horizon for the show as well, so be on the lookout for that. Enjoy these two interviews from earlier in the year, and if you're all caught up, why not dig into the vault and check out what the show was up to in 2018? Some really, really great recaps and interviews, although I was such a podcast noob at the time, but still some really great content and stories. Thank you guys so much. Happy holidays and happy new year. You're listening to the Unfreak Parents Podcast, episode 062. You're seeing to chat about life, family, and of course, Umphreys and Pete. I'm Sarah Jehemiak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Umphreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my chat with entrepreneur, podcast host, husband, dad, fellow umfreak, and co-author of the just-released book, The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career, Matt DeCourcy. If you did not give that one a listen, there is a link in the show notes where you can check it out. Some recent Umphreys news announced, also at Resonance, in addition to the Doom Flamingo show, Omega Moves, and two sets of Umphreys that have already been announced, Brendan and Jake will also be doing a VIP set, and Joel and Chris will join Marcus Rezac and Brian Dougherty from Digital Tape Machine for Supernatural Beings. Personally, we're definitely trying to make it happen, even if we do the one-day pass thing. There's just way too much awesome shit happening to pass that up. There is a link in the show notes with all of the information you may need for that. And also announced, Umphreys and Doom Flamingo will be appearing at Swanee Halloween in Live Oak, Florida. The festival is happening October 24th to through 27th. The band has a long history of playing this festival 15 times already. Last time they played there was October 26, 2017. All of the information you need for that can also be found in the show notes. 
And before we get to this week's episode, which will feature Joel Cummins chatting about the recent release of the book he co-authored with last week's guest, Matt DeCourcy, I'd like to tell you all about my sponsor, Swift Charge. If you were at summer camp or Electric Forest earlier in the summer, perhaps you saw their booths or maybe you used their service. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how nice it was to have their charger during the entire weekend. If you are not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger and then go pick it up at their booth when you get to the festival. It suction cups right to the back of your phone and charges while you rage the show. The charger runs out of juice at any time. You just take it back to the booth and switch it out for a new one unlimited charging the entire weekend and did you know that the charger is yours to keep forever yes keep your charger and you can plug it in at home recharge it and take it anywhere with you I throw mine in my purse and use it when I'm out with my kids when I'm running errands or whenever I'm on a road trip I love everything about this Swift Charge will be providing portable charging. Yes, that includes four-year vape pen too. At live music festivals throughout the summer, there is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, when you pre-order a charger, you will receive 10% off. That's promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Also, I wanted to mention, if you are looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, band that's going on tour, or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Umfreak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is currently offering custom-made packages that will fit your specific needs and budget. Packages include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With an average 200 downloads per episode and about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise with UPP, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow umph family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so let's get to my chat with Mr. Joel Cummins. If you did not know, Joel has already been a guest on the Umfreak Parents podcast. Last year, right after he shared the news that he would be becoming a father for the very first time, there is a link to that episode, episode number 22 in the show notes, if you'd like to give that a listen. I am very grateful for any chance I get to talk with Joel, and I'm very grateful for all the support he has shown for this show since the very beginning. He is such an amazingly nice guy, and we're so lucky to have these awesome guys in the band that we all love so much. So thank you very much to Joel for taking the time to be on again and to chat about his book. I'm very excited to bring this conversation to you guys. So here it is, my chat with Mr. Joel Cummins. Enjoy. 
was your weekend? Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I went to uh, Dasha and Will Quinn and I went to the Stone Show in Houston with uh, with my cousin Kirk and his wife and um, and got to hang out with uh, with Chuck Lavelle a little bit, which was pretty cool and obviously relevant to our conversation today. Um, you know, the keyboardist for the Stones and form, former keyboardist of uh, Allman Brothers and Eric Clapton, amongst other things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was an awesome show and uh, ran into a few other friends there. Of course, Carl Denson uh, plays in the band now too. So he and his uh, manager, Eric Newson, are friends of, friends of ours and got to see them a little bit too, which was cool. And uh, yeah, the, the show was fantastic and it's just, unbelievable that Mick Jagger at 76 years old still runs around the stage like he does. I mean, that is, that is like an achievement, you know? I know. it's. I've not had the pleasure of seeing them live yet, but um, my stepdad has, and he's just like, it's amazing to watch. And videos I've seen, it's just, I they just keep going and keep doing it. And he even recently had those health problems, but still going. It's, yeah. And apparently it was, uh, you know, pretty serious. I mean, this is uh, like a heart surgery and they're like, if they hadn't caught it when they did that, you know, he, uh, he, there's a strong possibility he wouldn't be with us. So, wow. Yeah. So wow. pretty, uh, <laughs> so, and this was the first time I tried to see the stones a couple times and, and, uh, it had just never worked out. So, uh, so it was nice to be able to make it happen with, with all of us, uh, and uh, my my, uh, my wife's sister joined us too, so that was also fun. So we had a uh, a pretty pretty fun little you know flew in Saturday, went to the show Saturday night, and then flew back yesterday. <laughs> nice, very nice. Um, so talk about taking little Willa to shows. How many shows has she been to now? In her how old is she? Ten months old? <laughs> Not even. <laughs> she's uh she's about eight and a half months old. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, we have a count. We might want to get that started, but um, she's been to a lot of shows. She's been to, I think, uh, eight on free shows, you know, including holidays. She was on, uh, she was on Holy Ship. Um, you know, I took her to, uh, where else did we go? Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and we saw Ziggy Marley and Widespread Panic and, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And um, let's see, what else? Hangout Fest, I took her to see uh, Cardi B and the Lumineers, and uh, in Bonnaroo, we went and saw Casey Musgraves and Fish, so, yeah. It's uh, nice, she's got yeah, a nice... We, we've been to a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that she's got a, a whole, like, eclectic, you know, thing going, too. She's seen all sorts of different music, which is really very cool on, on your part to expose her to so many different <laughs> kinds of things. It's very cool. Oh, yeah, she has, she has a very... Uh, Sure. <laughs> That's good. So what are some of the pros and cons of, of traveling with a child that is, is so, so young? Um, well, you know, there, honestly, I don't think there are too many cons other than, uh, other than, you know, you've got to kind of, uh, manage the, uh, the sleep schedule, but with, uh, with, with, with baby Bjorns now, and, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. we, can, we can just wear her on us mm -hmm. and, you know, she's, she's really happy doing that. So, sure. um, but yeah, you got to think it's funny. Like we've, we've made jokes about like, you know, at the fish shows or on pre shows, it's like, Oh, got to get that set break bottle in, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. So, 
how different things are are now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's honestly it's been really fun, and she's been such a great little traveler. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, having having her with us has just made everything uh, even even more enjoyable. Um, oh yeah, and I just I forgot we we took her up to High Sierra Music Fest with us too. So we did that, and then did a nice little uh, visit to. Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park on the way home from that, which was which was really fun too. So that's very yeah, cool. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's very <laughs> cool to show her those things that sadly may not be there when she's older. So to to be able to have pictures and show her that she was there is going to be very cool when she's older. Yep, that's uh, that's the plan. <laughs> that's awesome. My youngest has definitely spent many an Umphrey show in a in a baby carrier when he was much younger. So it's it's the way to do it for any of those parents out there that are thinking about you know how to take their kid. It's it's definitely the way to do it. So it's very awesome. All right, so let's talk about the reason why you're here. Your new book. Um, I've read it. It was very good. I enjoyed reading it. It kept my attention, which is saying a lot because I have no interest in forming a band or being a musician. (laughs) So it was not, you know, I'm not your target audience. And I still thought that it was very informational and insightful and honest and real, which was um, a point that I tell people is probably my favorite part of it is that you're honest about things that are for sure going to come up um, in your journey becoming a successful musician so I think that's very very awesome to include everything to it so tell us about how the idea came up to do this book well it started you know my uh, co-author Matt Korski has been a good friend of mine for 15 years now and um, he's written a couple other books I was actually featured in his first book uh, Balance Me um, kind of talking about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle while while being a traveling musician, and I thought it was interesting because you know he had a bunch of <clears throat> a bunch of people kind of previewing that book, and um, he kept telling me he said I've been getting these really enthusiastic responses about your section in there, and so you know I mean that was kind of surprising to me, but also um, kind of planted the seed a little bit, and yeah, I, I thought about this for a while. Um, because I've had a lot of people ask me, musicians and, and you know, managers of younger bands and artists that are getting started that um, that have come to me, you know, for advice about various things over the years. So, um, you know, I've done that. And I've also done a couple um, uh, kind of like, I don't know what you what you call them, like um, informal um, presentations, you know, just about the music industry. I did one at Elmhurst College a few years ago, and I, I did one up at uh, Third Coast Recording Studios a, a couple years ago. So I, I, I've kind of, you know, just my toes into this world a little bit. And when Matt and I originally started talking about this two years ago, it was kind of focused on a little more Humphrey-centric project. And after talking to the rest of the guys in the band about it, uh, we decided that this wasn't quite the right time to do that. And then it, you know, just sort of hit me. I had a little eureka moment where I thought, you know what, there's a, definitely a book that I could write that I feel like would be 
hopefully helpful and informative to uh, to up and coming musicians that are um, you know you're just you're bombarded with information and it's hard to know um, what to do and how to spend your time uh, when you're when you're trying to get started in the music mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. That's what I really enjoyed about it too. I'm I'm a very I, I make lists for everything. Um, so that's another thing I enjoyed about it too. It made it very simple to read, but it didn't dumb it down for anyone. So it didn't make anybody feel like an idiot because you had questions about this or this or whatever the things that are going to come up. That was another thing I found really great about the book was that, you know, you, it, it felt like you were just kind of talking to you, you know, just sitting casually and, and someone asking you questions about whatever. It was very personable, I felt, too. So that was definitely yeah. a high point. So how yeah, did well, you... And, and Go ahead. I think, you know, you, you don't know where people are going to be starting from, so it's it's never a bad thing to, you know, sometimes we're like, is this, is this too obvious, you know, to put in here? And most of the time we... we Sided with no, like nothing is really too obvious because, you know, there's there's just so many. A, a lot of this comes from us making mistakes, and you know, we're just trying to help people avoid those pitfalls. And I think, um, you know, even like some of the conversations with with other musicians. I mean, you know, Victor Wooten's one of the greatest bass players in the world, and he had this experience of going out with his uh, solo band and getting paid $25 one night because, you know, he hadn't looked at the contract and hadn't talked about it with his manager. And, and so, you know, you, you, you realize that even like people that you look up to that are your heroes have gone through some pretty difficult things or frustrating things themselves. So how did you choose who to talk to for the book? Well, we started with kind of uh, a, a bigger list of, uh, of people, and um, a lot of them that we started with were, were people that I thought would hopefully be interested in it from the get-go. Um, so obviously, people that you know we had or that I had some personal connection with, um, and as we were, as Matt and I were kind of talking about, you know, what are the things that we want to be asking artists or people in the music business about, um, it kind of, it kind of, you know, became apparent that due to the theme of the book, we really wanted to go back to most of these artists' early days and, like, their early decision-making and, and, and what kind of got them going, um, you know, so that people who are just getting started can kind of put themselves in these, uh, these successful artists' shoes and, and see, you know, what their decision-making process is like. And one of the things that was really kind of a pleasant surprise to me was, you know, we, we Matt and I were obviously very passionate about this project and, and you know, we, the goal of, like, trying to help other musicians, um, you know, get out there. And so sharing, you know, that, that, that passion and, and desire um, with people that we talked to, um, you know, and I was throwing this out there, would you be part of this project, you know, asking people, um, I was really pleasantly surprised with how much enthusiasm there was from, from other people that they were excited to do this. And, um, and I think people are really, you know, 
they get questions in interviews all the time. Okay, so talk about what you're doing right now. You know, what's it like to be a successful uh, musician? You know, how's 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 touring life? All this. People talk about that all the time. You know, in interviews and stuff. But it's it's pretty rare that people are asking about the beginnings of their their careers and and things like that. So I think um, inherently people are a little more open and interested in talking about that. And it's kind of a, um, can be a fun, like nostalgic thing for them to, to kind of go back. So, um, yeah, so we started with, uh, Huey was honestly the first one that, that I talked to, I think. And Huey, like, it was just great. Once I got him talking, he just did not want to stop. And so we, we probably talked for like 45 minutes or so, uh, on that initial conversation and you know so many great stories and, and insights uh and you know both into how he found his manager how the band got started to how the, the music industry and recording industry is different today and uh I, so that that one really kind of kicked things off and you know I think the other part of it is that once I kind of got a couple people, you know, uh, Jeff Coffin was uh, involved very early, Victor Wooten was involved very early, Huey was involved very early. So, you know, once I kind of had a couple people that I could share with the the, the next people that I was asking, um, you know, that I, I think that also made them a little more willing to be a part of something when they see, oh, okay, here's some, some, some people that are involved in the project that are pretty good. So... Um, I think that that kind of helped the cause too, but uh, yeah, you know, there there are also a few out there that people that I asked that uh, that, that we didn't uh, we didn't connect with either. You know, I tried to try to uh, talk to Willie Nelson and uh, Darius Rucker, so that you know there were there are a few people out there that we were interested in that uh, for whatever reason it didn't work out. But I think the collection of uh, of, of people that we ended up with is a really nice, well-rounded uh, group of people. You know, we have lots of musicians in there and then also people like uh, uh, Pete Shapiro who, uh, who put on Fairly Well the, the Grateful Dead uh, thing a couple of years ago and you know he runs the, the Brooklyn Bulls and Relics Magazine and um, and then you know somebody like Alicia Carlin who is uh, you know a really important person for Madison House Presents and puts on Electric Forest Festival and now is the talent buyer for Firefly so uh, yeah there, there's I think it's important to have a lot of those perspectives from people coming from different angles. And uh, so that, that after we kind of got those initial people lined up, we really kind of talked about like, okay, who do we need here that, that could really help uh, round out everything? So, yeah, so we kind of started with that big group. And then after we got a couple uh, commitments from people, uh, narrowed it down based on what we thought we needed. I think that's another great point about the book, too, is that it's not just musicians that you talk to in this. There are other people that have other jobs inside of the music industry because it's such a huge machine that has all of these different pieces. And it's nice that you highlight all of that. And then in the end of the book, you also touch on all the other ways that you maybe will have a job in music that isn't you know being in a band or whatever it's really great that you you really covered all the bases I think it was very well like everything is covered which is it's it's very awesome what was your favorite thing about writing a book about the whole process of doing it 
Hmm. Well, you know, kind of just talking about what we what we were just, uh, discussing here. I think the most fun part was actually talking to the other people and getting all of their stories and perspectives about you know things that happened in their lives. And, and to me, that is really what kind of adds the most legitimacy to it. Is this isn't just me sharing my thoughts and experiences, but we're kind of going through all these people's perspectives and um, and and you know seeing seeing what are the things that affected um, affected their career their careers and, and how that went. So um, being able to, to you know to work with some other artists and people in the, the music industry to, to kind of get their perspectives um, was a really rewarding thing for me. And um, yeah, and like I said, it was just it was just really cool to be able to hear everyone else's enthusiasm with and um, so yeah, yeah. So for me, I think getting to uh, getting to connect with uh, with other artists and um, and I'll share one particular story, which is um, getting Chuck LaBelle involved uh, was something you know. Again, one of these people I hadn't met Chuck before, and my cousin uh, Kirk, who I went to the Stone Show with the other night, has been to something like forty-seven or forty-eight Stone shows. Oh, wow. And uh, a friend of a friend of his. Uh, is a friend of Chuck's, and so they had in, introduced each other, and they'd hung out a little bit, and um, and so you know when I told this that I was working on this book, and I said you know uh, I, Chuck's name came up, and I said oh man I'd really love to uh, to, to get Chuck involved in this, and uh, he said well I think I can connect you guys, and, <laughs> and so uh, so I, I sent an email off and. Um, a couple weeks later, I woke up one morning and had an email from Chuck Lavelle saying, uh, hey, Joel, I'd be happy to be part of your project, and uh, I'm, I really like Humphreys McGee. You guys are a mighty fine band, and you're an excellent player. And so to hear that from somebody that, like, you know, I've really looked up to all my life um, was kind of this amazingly humbling moment. And, uh, and you know, he just gave me some great responses. Uh, so that, that was uh, a really special part of, uh, of putting it all together. Wow. Wow. That's very, very cool. Wow. The picture that you shared on, on your Instagram of the two of you, the smile on your face was just, you're just so happy. And it was very cool to see, you know, you guys get excited about having your picture taken with musicians instead of, <laughs> you know, we're used to seeing pictures with you guys and everybody's all happy. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, you have that experience too. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's funny. I, kind of put myself in, uh, you know, the fan shoes, and I'm like, all right, you know, be cool, be cool, don't say anything <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so do you see yourself writing another book? Um, well, there's, you know, one of the things that we talked about with with uh, The Realist Guide to Successful Music Career, you know, it's, it's already 350 pages long, mm -hmm. and there were a lot of things that could have included that were kind of more advanced stuff that we decided let's not get too deep into things because you know there definitely could be a uh, a part two of this um so you know just to keep things focused on kind of the uh more of the the, the musicians just getting started um yeah so there's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of other lessons that i think that uh, we've learned 
some some the hard way. <laughs> yeah. In the you know like the the last fifteen years, a lot of this stuff is really from like my first five or six years of being in a band and, and touring and recording and and you know there there was such a huge learning curve right in the beginning. Um, so yeah, so we we try to focus on that stuff, but I think there's uh, there's certainly more to be said and. You know, my my uh, my dad was uh, an author. He he wrote geometry books, and at one point had like, I think it was like, sixty to seventy percent of the uh, the high school curriculum in all the United States at the public schools. They were his geometry books. So wow. Um, yeah. So it it was kind of fun to uh, to be able to, you know, now now be able to say uh, I'm an author too, because I know that was something that was very important to him, and you know, he he really valued education and um you know started out as a uh, as a teacher moved on to being an author and then eventually um he and his uh his business partner um started going around the country and teaching teachers because you know in math there's there's kind of typically a, a little bit of a social disconnect where math teachers are are, are very good at this this kind of abstract thing but it's a it's a challenging thing to convey to students, and mm-hmm. so they you know they wanted to uh, they wanted to help kind of go to the root of it and teach teachers how to better convey ideas and have students working with each other. Wow, that's a that's an amazing thing to do. Math was never my strong point, but I was very lucky to have some amazing math teachers, and it really really makes a difference. It really, really does. It's it's not an easy subject to teach and that's amazing that your dad did that and that's a beautiful thing to give to the world to to pass that on to students and everything. So that's that's very, very cool. So let's let's um I wanna ask you, what is the biggest difference between writing a song and writing a book? Besides well, the obvious, like, you know, time. <laughs> yeah. But. In this case, the, uh, you know, the answers, I guess, to, uh, to the questions that we were asking with the book were a little more obvious. And I think, you know, you're writing a song, it's, uh, it's very open-ended. And uh, so, you know, there, I don't know if you've seen the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really paint Lars Ulrich in a very good light, but there's this great moment where I think he's talking about when is a song finished? How do you know when a song is done? And I think that is one of the uh, one of the biggest challenges because you know something can be very sparse and um, and wide open, or it can be layered with tons tons of stuff, you know, and so. You know, you look at like the the difference between um, like Neil Young's Harvest Moon, which is a, a you know very straightforward and not very complicated song, to something like um, uh, Boston's More Than a Feeling Long Time, which has just layers and layers of stuff that has been recorded. Um, so you know, that, I think that's kind of the, the big challenge is how do you how do you approach something when it's when it's completely open-ended and uh so to to me that's you know and i i think you know the musical part of stuff uses a completely different side of the brain as well 
So you're, you're trying to tap into something that's a little more intangible when you're writing a song. Very interesting. So in your, how many years now, 30, 25 years in the music business, what has been the one thing that surprised you the most? One thing that surprised me the most. Hmm. Man, that is a uh, that's an interesting and tough question. I mean, I I think probably if you're looking at it from like the perspective of what's something that surprised you about you know musicians is that once you get talking to people, it's like oh everybody's just well. Not everybody, but most people are just kind of a normal person, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. behind the stage persona. And uh, I, I, I think that that has become a lot more apparent over the fa- past few years. Now that kind of the, you know, the, the the walls and barriers between artists and fans have been knocked down a little bit. Um, but you know, back when I was a kid, I would look up to, you know, I went to see. Robert Plant, I think, in 1990 or something, as a 15-year-old, and I mean, just like an astounding rock god, right? Mm-hmm. And now to you know, fast forward to uh, to 2019, and you know, we've done a couple shows with uh, with Jason Bonham, and you know, he's telling us these hilarious stories about these people that like, you're like, okay, like, yeah, there are some rock god moments, but there are some really funny things where you're like, okay, these are just people too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I think that's that's an important uh, an important lesson and, and something to uh, something to always remember. Um, you know, especially for like up and coming artists, if you're wanting to talk to or collaborate with somebody that uh, that's out there, like. You know, don't be afraid to to just uh, to to be yourself and to uh, to to say what you want and and you know what you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's that's an important lesson. Mm-hmm. So you asked people in the book what was the best and worst piece of advice that you've ever received. Please share yours. Oh, man, again. You know, I didn't have to think about this stuff. I thought I was the one getting asked the questions. <laughs> um, well, you know, just to kind of reiterate what I what I said there, um, I think the best advice is don't be afraid to ask ask for what you want. You know, you're never gonna you're never gonna get something if you don't ask for it. And you know, someone can always can always say no, um, but you know, it's it's important to. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think about the expression here. It's better to shoot for the stars and miss than aim for a pile of crap and hit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that should be on some motivational uh, poster somewhere in somebody's office. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I'd say that's, that's the best. Um, the worst advice. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like this is something that um, a couple people said in my conversations with them. But uh, essentially, don't worry about that. We'll take care of it. <laughs> so, 
So I think it's, you know, you've got to pay attention to the things that are important to, to, to making things happen. And the more personally involved you can be with something, the better the, the chances are that it's going to be successful. And I think in particular, you know, I'm thinking about kind of the more business side of things of like, you know, you want to, um, want to be involved with, with your promoters, with your shows, because I think the more that the people you're working with, the more that they uh, see you caring about what's happening, the more invested they're going to be. And you know, if, if you uh, if you go into something and you know, there's there's really not too much involvement from from your side, you're taking the chance that the the promoter might not care, or the people you're working with may just kind of blow it off. So I think it's uh, I think it's important to. Uh, to, to show that interest and, and passion with, with everybody you're working with. Absolutely. And I think that's valuable advice for, you know, anything in life. You know, there's definitely some parts of this book that I felt were pieces that you could just apply to living life. You don't want people to just say, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You know, you need to be involved in what's going on in your life. So there's definitely some some points in here that you should translate into to other areas of your life, which is really great too. So I only have one other thing. When I talked to Matt um, and I asked him a question that I like to ask fans, which is describe Umphreys in three words. And it made him think of what he called a complisalt. And he wanted me to <laughs> ask you. <laughs> yes, he wanted me to bring this up to you and tell us what is the what is your favorite one that the band has received over the years. Um, let's see. <laughs> well, I'm 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 gonna um, I'm not gonna reveal uh, who this was about, but this was at a uh, this was at a, a, a VIP meet and greet, and uh, somebody came up to one of the band members and said, hey, hey man, how you doing? Yeah, I, I thought you said you were going to start working out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> what, how do you respond to something like that? Like, what do you, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> just, just getting started. Um, here's, I, I'll give you one more that is a little more musical content. So, uh, this was after uh, after a Halloween performance, and I was standing there with uh, with a couple of the guys from Green Sky, kind of shooting the shit. And uh, this girl came up, and she was like, she's like, oh, you're you're an Umphreys? We heard your we heard your set from our campsite. It sounded good. <laughs> Couldn't make the effort. Could not make the effort to actually get over there and watch the set. No, wow. but, uh, you know what? From like from like thousand to three thousand feet away, we sound really good. <laughs> At least she was in the sweet spot. She she got you guys right right where it sounded the best. Totally. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Closer than two thousand feet. You know, a little iffy. <laughs> you might we might need to to rethink to repositioning the UMVIP preferred seating then, obviously, <laughs> since there's a best, better place to be sitting. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, that's everything that I have. If you want to plug the book, let everybody know where they can uh, buy it. And I'll definitely throw some links in the show notes and everything. So here's your, your chance to kind of plug whatever you need. Yep. So uh, The Realist Guide to Successful Music Career, available on Amazon.com. You can, you can get a Kindle version or you can order the, uh, the uh, softback paper version like to have your own copy and uh, of course if you ever see me at a show and you have the book you can also pick them up um, we'll have we'll have them at most of the entry shows at the merch table as well so I think that's that's a good spot and I'm uh, I'm happy to give you my uh, my Herbie Hancock and sign them for you awesome yeah I, I'm definitely gonna have you sign mine the next time I see you for sure it was it was a great read and like I said, I recommend it to anybody, especially any, you know, nerdy Umphreys fans that, you know, want to know the inner workings. There's definitely, you know, you share some different stories and, and things like that. So that's definitely a cool thing for any any just nerdy Umphreys fans who likes the inner working stories. So very cool. It was very awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time and congratulations on the book. It's very exciting. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate your time, too. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.